0: Back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where I bring on two guests to read a book suggested by one of the guests. This week, I am joined again by Liz Babish and Don Gildenmeister. Uh, this week, we read Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer at Liz's Suggestion. Before we jump into it, I'm going to give a really quick bio Otherwise, I might forget to do so. Uh, I pulled this one from Goodreads because, honestly, I feel like this is one of the few books that you should go in without a full summary. So if you haven't read this book, stop. Go read it. (laughs) You will enjoy it more, not knowing what the hell it's about. So, Area X has been cut off from the rest of the continent for decades. Nature has reclaimed the last... Of vestiges of human civilization. The first expedition returned with reports of a pristine landscape, and all all the members of the second expedition committed suicide. The third expedition died in a hail of gunfire as its members turned on one another. The members of the eleventh expedition returned as shadows of their former selves, and within months of their return, all had died of an aggressive cancer. Meet the twelfth expedition. Their group is made up of four women, which, okay, Goodreads says four women. Was there not five and then one caved at the last second? Yeah,
1: but there's four in
2: the book. That actually go on it. Yeah, they actually go on it. They cross that line
0: together. Okay, so the linguistics doesn't cross the line. Okay. Yeah. The group is made up of four women, an anthropologist, a surveyor, a psychologist, the de facto leader, and our narrator, a biologist. Their mission is to map the terrain and collect specimens to record all their observations, scientific and otherwise, of their surroundings and of one another, and above all, to avoid being contaminated by Area X itself. And I'm going to stop there. The Goodreads goes on, but I think that's actually a good enough. Hey, if you haven't read it, if that sounded interesting at all, go pick it up. Um, and then come back because let's get started. Liz, why did you pick this book for the podcast? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I love this book. I've I've read it. This will actually for the podcast was my third or fourth time rereading this particular one. Um, this series uh, and as a whole, Southern Reach trilogy is one of my favorite things I've read. Um, I got into a huge slump after I graduated college. and I was like, I'm not going to read any more books. Books are stupid. Because <laughs> I was a lit major and I just got burnt out. And I was visiting a friend and he handed me this and I read it in like two days. And that was it. <laughs> with like my knees to my chest towards the end. with the book cuddled up. I read it on the street while walking, which is something I never do. Um so it's just a book that I really really enjoy and once you read the whole series you can go back to and notice certain things about as well. So I like Okay. It. And it's spooky.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it's spooky. It's definitely <laughs> spooky. Um Don, is this a book you would have picked up on a you know Yeah,
2: I actually feel like we matched up pretty well on this. Uh, <laughs> which maybe makes me sound weird and creepy, but that's okay. <laughs> uh I like spooky things. I like trying to understand the unknown. As a child, I used to have these moments where I did think there were parts of the world that no one understood or would not go to. I had a very active imagination.
0: So Wait, wait, as a child, I still feel this way. <laughs> Hang on a second.
2: <laughs> I mean, I still feel that way too, but as a child, it was a lot more... I you. A lot more uh, colorful. <laughs> Now it's more like sad when I think about it. I'm sitting here and nodding to everything you're saying. (laughs) But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I definitely want to get uh, the rest of the series now. I think that I will be recommending this to multiple people as well.
0: Yeah, I actually went ahead and recommended it to Tim Lowe, who was uh, one of my first two guests. We read Infected by Scott Sigler. And it's not that book has a lot more action. It, it's not, this is more character driven. That one's more action, but I feel like they complement each other really well. But if you like one, you'll probably like the other. There's enough of an ick factor mm-hmm. <laughs> in both that, uh, I think plays well. So yeah, I've already started recommending it and I haven't, uh, actually <laughs> right before this was looking for the second book. Um, at the library and New York library only has four e-copies. They're completely, um, unavailable and there's like a long hold list, but then Brooklyn has 312 copies. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. I also have um, a hard
1: copy that I
0: could. <laughs> 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 I mean, yes, but <clears throat> I have a
2: paperback copy. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, I, I mean, I got the first one in an ebook and I'll probably end up buying all three of them in ebook. Um, but part of me was like, I want to start this right now. And then I looked at my my table and was like, no, that's right. I have other stuff to read. So,
1: Well, that's what's uh, interesting about this book, too, because um, the year it came out, it had an interesting publishing schedule. So the yeah. three books were paced over the year with a few months in between. Um so it was really great that when you finish this book and you just want to read the next one right away, like you don't have that long to wait. It's not like years in the future. They just came out one right after another, which was great right. for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder what uh, caused that decision because twenty it came out in twenty fourteen, which is you know by that point sequels were. Being planned a year apart, if not more, I swear to God, they're getting they're getting pushed even more nowadays to like eighteen months. Um, but to be able to have all the entire series in an eight month span um, is kind of fascinating. So,
1: yeah, um, it was really great
0: for me, and I, it was an
1: interesting <laughs> strategy that I think worked out for them in terms of sales and stuff like that too. It's just really yeah, smart, definitely.
0: Um, and I do want to point out, so I posted a picture of the book on Instagram and Facebook and had three or four people instantly be like I love that book <laughs> so yeah I don't know how this escaped me at all but whatever um, I think um, it kind of also depends on like
2: where you are when you're reading at the point in which something's released yeah you know like People bring this up all the time about Harry Potter with me because they're surprised I don't like Harry Potter. And it's not that I dislike Harry Potter, but it came out when I was basically starting college. Right. So while there are people my age and a little bit older that got into it for some reason, it just was not even something that I would have considered picking up because freshman year of college, like I'm just trying to like not – get like yelled at by my horrible older roommate and to get to class on time (laughs) and carry around like 400 pounds of books i wasn't i wasn't recreationally recreationally reading anything for most of college (laughs) unfortunately because i had like a writing and reading intensive major so it's like by the time i read those books i was probably in my late 20s early 30s and still liked them I liked him, but I don't think I have the attachment that I would have if I would have been younger.
0: Gotcha. I get that. Yeah, we recently I posted on my Facebook. Um, this came from Booker Riot's podcast. Uh, which one is the bigger phenomenon? You know, Harry Potter versus Star Wars, and which, you know, <laughs> yeah, Don and a couple... Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, Don and a couple other friends of mine were like, you know, I feel like I was born in between, uh, which was kind of, you know, something that I hadn't even thought of so that's where I had boys just telling me it was Star Wars and why was I even asking this
1: question I mean to be fair I also said Star Wars and I don't like Star Wars but that's a whole nother thing
0: <laughs> right I mean again it's like
2: where your cultural like whatever like you know in 2014 I know I wasn't probably reading a ton and if right. I was it was probably much more non-fiction because I've just recently maybe in the last two years started reading more fiction again
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think I was on Goodreads in 2014. I could probably tell you the, like, five books I read (laughs) because I was going through the same. I don't want to read right now. I read too much in college. Yeah.
2: Oh, it does a number on you unless, like, I don't know, somehow you avoid it. Like, because I did my bachelor's and both my master's degrees in a very short amount of time. But it was still, like, eight years of time. Like, it's a lot of time to be reading stuff in an obligatory sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've probably mentioned it on here before, um, but I took my my senior year of college, um, 20th century European, Eastern European literature. So it was all World War II, Great Depression. Um That's uplifting. It was the most beautiful and depressing class I ever took. I ended up actually reading the entire True Blood series as it was out at that point because I think it finished a few years later. Um, I bought the first
2: one and it's still in my nightstand. uh, (laughs) I have not read it. Get through number
0: seven. past number seven. It's not worth it. Trust me. Just trust me. I I occasionally go back and read the review of the last book because it was the first book review I ever wrote on Goodreads because I was so pissed off at how that book ended. (laughs) But (laughs) that is for another day. Uh, Annihilation. Yes. So... I'm not entirely sure how to even get into this. Um, we have four characters. We have no names. They they go through a training before they go into this expedition, and they are basically stripped of anything personal, including their names. So they are literally the anthropologist, the surveyor, the psychologist, and the biologist.
1: Yeah, and um, we barely get any description of them at all beyond that, like physically. Just their it it is, pretty yep.
2: much, basically. Yeah. And it was hard because I kept them I kept like slightly altering their careers in my yes. my head. Like I'd be like, oh a psychiatrist, no a psychologist. Like <laughs> it, I don't know why. I was like anthropologist, archaeologist. Like it was like I just needed to keep them straight. And I, no, I was yeah. like, why couldn't you just be like named A, B, C, and D?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this shouldn't be this hard for my brain to wrap around.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've read bird bird box but uh Mm -mm. the that's a good book too they there's kids in it and she just calls them boy and girl
2: okay so yeah i mean i really like the idea of using uh non depersonalizing yeah depersonalizing like non-descriptors because you do have a tendency to create this image when you're reading anything right which is 95 percent of why when people see adaptation adaptations of books they're annoyed Yes, because
0: it was not what, you know, it was in my mind. Yeah, you Um, imagine one thing and you get another. So I guess let's go over the characters really quick um, as a good place to kind of start. Um, We've got the biologist who is our narrator, who is incredibly introverted um, and incredibly, I was going to say on the scale. I don't think she's on the scale. She's just views the world incredibly differently.
1: Yeah.
2: So, and
0: also, like, she just recently kind of lost her husband. Yeah, I can't decide if she's upset about that the entire book or not. Well, I, I mean, towards the end, it, it kind of becomes more clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, I think because as it becomes more clear that they had, like, a strenuous relationship, and she, like, emphasizes throughout the whole book how bad she is with, with her narration, but also with how she interacts with the other people on the expedition. Yes. How truly bad she is at people... So I think in her own way, she is mourning this loss of her husband, but she, it's hard for her to even process that in general, I think.
0: Exactly. Well, especially when your husband comes back and then doesn't remember anything and then gets an aggressive cancer and dies. Um, I kind of want to get into that, but I kind of want to get through. Yep what she found out and then discuss her husband it's kind of like a weird timeline so um the person we spend the least amount of time with is well outside of the linguistic who freaks out and never makes it into the i saw it as a bubble it's a door i guess
1: it's it's a, it's a border you don't really know um you never yeah. really find I out i kind
2: of thought of When I was reading it, it made me kind of think about how not in *The Handmaid's Tale* that's recent. The original *Handmaid's Tale* film, uh
0: huh.
2: Not the TV series. Have either of you seen the Mm -hmm. film? I want to read the book again first. Okay, yeah, I reread the book in anticipation of the 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 series, but it's like got that Cold War era feel because I mean I think it came out in like '89 or something. Right movie. And it made me kind of think about that where it's like they cross this line and all once the world's completely different.
0: Right. Or alternatively, Biodome. (laughs) Like, which one do you want to pick? (laughs) Well, I know they're hypnotized before they go through because that's the problem that the linguistics person had was that either it wasn't taking or she didn't want to be hypnotized or still didn't want to cross the border even after being hypnotized whatever
1: yeah basically Um, she freaked out yeah uh somewhere along the process and just wasn't involved anymore and it was simply said that she freaked out but also remember that we are taking this based off of later as we learn flawed information possibly too so we don't really know
0: anymore right right. true um but yeah so they make it to base camp and notice this structure. Well, um, notice the structure that the narrator keeps calling a tower. Everybody else keeps calling it a tunnel, which I had a very hard time trying to understand. But basically, there's enough that's above ground, several feet above ground, yeah. and then and it's an opening to go underground. So
1: there's like a the way I was picturing it in my head to to see how she was seeing it. Was that it's rising from below versus descending yeah. from above, and so like when you're getting in it, you're like it's it's weird, it's weird to conceive of that, but for some reason I can sort of understand I
0: kind of get her, yeah, yeah, I kind of get her her choice her wording her word I, choice I kind and
2: of man. Man, i I kind of imagined a portico even though it didn't have a covered structure, but just the way that it was like extending outward. Yeah. yeah, above or connected to something. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that makes complete sense.
0: Um not a lot of this does make complete sense. So <laughs> that I think is whatever true. we're adding is helping. Um well in my head it's a portico There you go. <laughs> so they are instantly infatuated with this tower. We're going to stick with our narrator's word. Um and decide to go check it out. Um she goes down on her own, she being the biologist, and notices that there is writing on the wall. Gets close to the writing and something Poof, in her face. Um, she inhales some spores or something um, and doesn't think too much about it. And then comes back up and... Do they decide to go back down right Well, no,
1: then? They decide not to go back yeah. down until the morning and to like explore a little bit further. Or and okay. the next morning they, okay. they're going to go down. Um, you know, okay. and everyone's yeah, just freaked know. out. <laughs> um, and, and that's when the next morning one
2: of
0: them's missing. Yeah. So, well, before the next morning happens. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, the psychologist is giving them keywords that are supposed to hypnotize him um, and the biologist is realizing that she is not being hypnotized. Um, So she is a little concerned about what she's inhaled. Um,
1: And also concerned about, because she gets to see behind the curtain when I think they really didn't expect the psychologist to be doing that much hypnotizing and influencing because she really influences their decision there like subconsciously. Hypnosis, yeah,
0: like she's telling him, like, you're gonna go down into this tunnel and you're going to see the tunnel as walls. And it's like, oh, I am, am I okay? What the hell are they, you know? Mm -hmm. So they go to bed and wake up the next morning, and the anthropologist, yes, yes, yeah, is missing. Poor sweet
1: anthropologist. What'd you say? I said poor sweet terrified anthropologist. (laughs) I know, right? We hardly need it.
0: (laughs) So, and the psychologists tell her that she attempted to run away. Go back to the border. Yeah. um, In the middle of the night, don't worry about her. She'll be fine, etc., etc. Let's go back down to the tunnel. And so this time, wearing face masks and with all their equipment, they go down into the tunnel. Well, they, the surveyor and the biologist go into the tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. The psychologist is going to stay out there and stand
1: guard? guard. Yeah, cool.
0: stand guard. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Solid you can plan. tell my trust in the psychologist is very low. So <laughs> that's fair. I kind of wanted
2: the psychologist to just like get eaten by something. Um,
0: well, <laughs> well, I was like you
2: kind of seem like a jerk.
0: Yeah, she's definitely knows more than she's letting on, mm. and and an almost kind of creepy. It's really kind of a creepy vibe because she like she'll say commands. And then kind of smile, and the biologist is like, I don't want anything to do with this.
1: So. Yeah, and the biologist has to continue to pretend like it's working, which yeah. is weird. So then the the only one, like, truly in the dark for what's happening is the surveyor at this point, who's the one Christ. with, like, the giant gun. So that's great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, do either of you see Get Out? Yes. Yes. That's what I kept thinking regarding how the psych- psychologist was. Yeah. Yes. I
1: did that makes not sense. Spoil yeah. the
2: movie, but I was just like, I don't like you, lady.
0: <laughs> um. So the surveyor and the biologist go back into the tower and start studying the words, and it's very clear that like there's kind of some animosity between them. It's like. Mm-hmm. We have to work together, but we clearly don't like each other. There's no real reason as to why they don't like each other. But um, the biologist f- starts to uh, interpret the tower as a living organism, you know, feeling a heartbeat and everything. And uh, their surveyor is like, no, it's Stonewall. Like, what are you talking about? So, um, Not helping with proving sanity. (laughs) Uh, And as they continue down and keep going, they eventually come across the anthropology, anthropology? Yep. Anthropologist's body. Yeah. Covered in mold and missing a mouth.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, comes, It like, basically, she's slumped against a wall, which it's one of my favorite images in the book, too. It's just this body slumped against the wall and this green stuff pouring out onto her chest. And it's just so creepy (laughs) to me. It's so terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's not a way I'd
1: want to go out. No. And she'd obviously been, like, attacked by something. Right. Yeah.
0: She's missing her jaw.
1: Yes, she is missing her jaw.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they debate whether or not they should keep going to see if they can find what did this Uh, they can get some samples it sounds like she got some samples of the creature who attacked her Um, I don't know which one is like you know what let's just go back to the top but they do and collecting their samples and everything get back to the top and the psychologist is missing Gonzo like, by that point, I've been like, abort, Let's get the fuck out. <laughs> we got one dead, one missing.
1: So you're and on track the... with the surveyor. You're feeling the same way as the surveyor that's like, I want to get back yeah. for extraction ASAP. Like, yes,
0: surveyor, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the biologist is not ready to go. She, uh, they end up back at base camp, can't find the psychologist. But the psychologist has taken like half of their equipment and um, her disappearance. So they uh, alternate staying up um, and keeping guard. And while the biologist is on guard, she sees something from the lighthouse and decides she wants to check that out. And the surveyor wants absolutely nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. She wants to stay at base camp and go home.
1: <laughs> and I think what it's, do you
0: mean it's a fair thing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a fair thing. That I think the <laughs> big <laughs> the big difference between the surveyor also and the biologist right now, not between just between personalities, as they are clearly very different people, um, is that the biologist is feeling some ramifications from the spores in her nose uh whether she wants to or not it's something Mm -hmm. she refers to as the brightness constantly Uh, yeah the glow the glow yeah and so that probably influences her decisions a little bit
0: as well right just a little bit
1: i was like mashing up as you can tell from
2: the way i read this (laughs) Like all these different films, where I'm like, okay, this part's like Get Out. The way they're describing everything is like the horror movie Descent <laughs> from like 2005. I, yeah, I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> where they're like in those like creepy crater areas, and like things are just in the dark, and there's weird gases.
0: Yeah. Oh, and there's moaning every night. Yeah. Yeah. That's and creepy. the reeds. Yeah. There's always moaning in the reeds. So like, don't be out at night, kind of vibe. So, um, as a person who's never slept
2: outside, yeah, I would not do well in this, in, this, in, this, in this experience. Listen, I have
1: slept outside. I'm a big camper, but there's no way that I would be comfortable <laughs> with the shenanigans going on here. Okay. So. Shenanigans.
3: Shenan-
0: <laughs> Spook, very spooky shenanigans. <laughs> so. The biologist and the surveyor end up splitting up. Surveyor is going to stay at base camp. Um, biologist is going to go see what the hell's going on at the lighthouse. Uh, on her way there she sees a dolphin that has a v- very familiar eye. It gives her a very familiar look. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then continues to find the lighthouse, which is you know, got a forge around it, and has become like a place of battle. I guess very clear, like shit's gone down. Um, on each floor, there's a bunch of empty gun shells and blood stains. Um, no bodies, if I remember. There are thing. some bodies, I think, on the first floor.
1: But okay. maybe not. Maybe they're gone. I think it's only upstairs where the bodies start. There's like remnants of blood and stuff, but no, but bodies. no bodies. Because there's, uh, yeah. Because this also was on the map that they were given, whereas like the tower wasn't. So this was yes. like a place where everybody just kept getting, you know, in past expeditions was like a touchstone, and then mm-hmm. to show up at this touchstone and just see complete slaughter, <laughs> basically. Yeah, there is
2: it's like a sacrificial yeah (laughs) basically it's really uplifting
1: yeah this book's really really makes you feel great
0: so she gets up there and she keeps thinking she hears someone never finds who she's hearing um then finds a trapped door opens it up finds all these notebooks that prove um that this is not the 12th uh and not even close
1: to being this wealth there's like hundreds of journals
0: um which Which, i don't they don't really explain how long they've been doing this they just said decades right
1: decades yeah and then and it's been like i think they say something like they allege it's been like around 20 or 30 no it's got to be closer to 30 years or 40 yeah That they've been, that Area X has sort of existed. Um, But we don't get specifics. But if I had to guess, it would be about 34 years, probably.
0: Yeah. And we also don't get specifics of, like, where this dystopian kind of land is or anything like that. What continent we're even on. Yeah. Um, There's not much, which adds to the creep factor of, like is this America that's sliding this way or is it the UK that's sliding this way? Um, So she starts looking through all these uh, journals and kind of cherry picking ones that talk about the tower specifically because the tower was never on their map.
2: And very laser focused on that. And then she also kind of, uh, It's interesting because she comes across her husband's as well. Yes. And then, I mean, I think I, I mean, again, I'm not her, so, but I would have probably been, like, laser focused on those instead. But I'm also not a scientist.
1: Yeah, and she was was purposefully avoiding reading those. Because I don't, I honestly, I don't know what I would have done in that situation, especially from, like, a scientist perspective. I probably would have really gung-ho evidence laser focus especially something so strange because at first she starts reading them all and then she realizes this is ridiculous um and I would definitely not read the journal of someone that I loved and lived with for a while until I absolutely had to I think it would ruin me too much
2: I would probably go back and forth that would be mine yeah like I would like read a page and then be like no I can't read any more of this and then come back hours later and read more
1: Probably throw it into the ocean to be completely
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say, but I didn't want to be that dramatic. <laughs>
0: I'll do it for you. It's well, fine. She,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: She does ends up. She does end up saving his until the very last one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. After well, in, this is long ways away. <laughs> so she collects these uh, journals and some of the rations and guns and. Then looks, just happens to look down and see a boot. And oh, the psychologist is laying there on the ground. So as she approaches the psychologist, she starts screaming, annihilation, annihilation, annihilation. Um, which does nothing and leaves us scratching our heads for a few minutes. Um, but we find that the psychologist is starting to die She's broken some ribs. She jumped from somewhere like this. She, oh, she jumped from the top, the top on, of yeah. the...
2: Yeah.
1: For some from reason... From the lantern like room. A sound, yeah, yeah, exit strategy. Because um, she felt something coming up behind her, and she just, like, panicked and jumped out the window.
2: So, I mean, I'm not, like, a regular, everyday lighthouse consumer. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> Usually lighthouses are near enough water that she could have maybe avoided
1: land. Well, she didn't. There's like a barricade there, and she didn't quite clear that barricade in the cliffs. Oh there's yeah, a that's right. That's barricade right. attached yeah. to the cliff, sort of. So she just—it seems like she just missed it. Yeah. Plus, it doesn't. She sure just miss. nipped it. She nipped yeah. it, and she just broke everything. Essentially.
0: Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, fun yeah. times. <laughs> 'm out of yeah. lighthouses kids, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she gets really testy and kind of bitchy, and like won't really tell the biologist anything. I mean,
1: yeah, she doesn't give her much information, like very vague answers yeah. and not total answers at all, but we do also have to remember that this woman is dying.
0: <laughs> no, I agree, but it was also at the same time like. And maybe it's the narrator's interpretation of like the narr, because the narrator goes back and forth with like how she trained and the questions she was asking, how little information she gave, and now it was like the revenge for that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, But yes, she is dying, (laughs) and her arm. they kept saying her arm felt squishy. Yeah, squishy. Yeah um like which
2: i kind of interpreted as saggy yeah yeah Um, which from my experience with dead bodies that's pretty (laughs) accurate if all the bones are broken
0: yeah yes well that's what yeah yeah. see that's the same thought where it was like yeah something's broken and it's just not sitting there properly well then after she dies you know she cuts open her sleeve and it's entirely green moss Mm -hmm. yuckiness um but she takes a sample because she is a
1: biologist. She's a um, scientist, baby. <laughs> Samples of everything. She, oh, this is important too. Um, she did take a photograph from the lighthouse of the lighthouse keeper, which was circled yes. for a reason. Yes. And she takes a letter and a journal from the psychologist from her dead yes. body.
0: Um, and a gun. And right. a gun. Yeah. So, and then she just leaves her there, like she
1: just leaves her there. The she the the psychologist expires, we should say, yeah. and like <laughs> she doesn't leave her there dying. She at least does the courtesy, you
0: know. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: but she is no, dead. There's not much that she can do at that point. Um, it's just worth it, and I think the psychologist does ask to just be left there. If I remember correctly, like, don't bury me. Don't take so, me yeah. anywhere. Just leave me there. So. Yeah. You do you. You do you. You become a giant <laughs> thing of moss. That's fine.
2: Moss man.
1: Moss, man. <laughs> moss woman. Moss
2: woman. So not to be confused this. with moth man or moth woman.
0: <laughs> so now she's got to trek through the reeds back to base camp.
1: And it's already semi dark.
0: Yes, and my timeline gets a little fuzzy here. Does she hear the moaning and deal with that before yes. she deals with the surveyor? Yeah, okay. I forgot so, that
1: order, too. That's why I'm glad I reread the book.
0: Yeah, so she hears the moaning, and this is the moaning they've heard every night, um, and it's close by, and so she starts running, and it's like running in an intersection, and they should cross... And they don't, but she then steps on a face.
1: She steps on her face first. Oh, she
0: steps yeah, on the face yeah, first. Yeah, because it's like that's molted.
1: Yeah, that's how she yeah. yeah. It's like, oops, the guy steps say, on his face. Did you say melted or molted? Molted. Okay. Like, like a like molted um, skin. Yeah. it looks familiar. Yeah.
0: looks familiar.
1: Like it looks like a human face, but just kind of stretched yes. out like lizard skin. Molted, right? Yes. That's the word. <laughs> Shedded skin. <laughs> Making a motion. I'm so sorry.
3: It's
0: so gross.
1: <laughs> I'm just
2: watching you just do like the, like I feel like the yes. the international sign for facelift. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like yeah. you guys see that
1: movie Brazil? That's what I'm doing right now. Yes. There you go.
2: Or the creepy face from Doctor
0: Who. There you go. There you go.
1: Now all the listeners I'm can trying. know exactly the hand motion I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, okay, it's so gross. she sets on
0: the face first, then hears the moaning. Yeah. Then starts running from the moaning. Yeah. Almost meets up with the moaning animal, but is able to get past it.
1: Yeah, and she doesn't look back at it, because she doesn't want to really see it. So we never get a full glimpse. Yeah. We just know it's like this hulking thing that basically she just gets a little bit further up so that it doesn't... Like, a car doesn't hit her on the side, like, gets flanked. Right. And she escapes. But it, it.
0: it's not, like, it has an interest in turning around and going after her.
1: I think it tries, but it just skids too far, and then she just, because it does do, it gets pushed into the reeds, because it did try to break, and then right. she just bolts and gets to a, a tree, like, to sleep Yeah, in. so it
0: definitely owns, like, this reed area. Yeah, that's, that's its territory. And it doesn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets out of his territory or its territory, um, just in time for the surveyor to shoot her. Yeah. Um, which is super nice. Super nice. Like the the relationship between the two of them in the entire book is very on edge. Uh, yeah. And like, but there is yeah. like a weird
1: mutual respect between the two of them that I see. Like... They're complete frenemies. Yeah. I can't believe I just used that. <laughs> phrase, no, but I think it's
0: but. It's the
1: correct phrase. Well, because both of them had yeah. no respect for the anthropologist whatsoever, because she
0: was no. just shaky right off
1: the bat, and they're like, take a look at this this
2: one. Which is sad, because I would be most likely to be the anthropologist oh, Definitely, a 100%. I would be, too. <laughs> and I was like, why does everybody hate me?
1: <laughs> I shouldn't um, even be here, because that's, like, her mentality the whole time. But we also wouldn't volunteer to go on a mission. So some no, I'd be like, right uh, you guys can radio me and like I'll get you
2: some information. Yeah,
0: were they allowed radios? I don't think uh, they were. Uh, no, they weren't no, allowed I'm just saying, no technology, like,
2: <laughs> yeah, watches or like companies. I'm the kind of person that if
1: you went to Antarctica, I'd be like, I'm gonna stay back here in this place that's got like yeah. heat. I think the most technological oh. thing they were allowed were guns and like the indicators <laughs> on their necks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We didn't, we didn't talk about the indicators at all. They went in with. Um, cameras, pre digital cameras, guns that were like 30 years old, and an indicator that if it turned red, it yeah. meant get the fuck out as it, quickly as possible. It was
1: a black box, and, yeah, that like if it turned mm-hmm. red, but that was just. Oh, it was a placebo effect. It was a placebo effect, which just continues on this like path of them being manipulated before they even got there, and basically everything yeah. they were told was bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> To which term.
0: like how much did the psychologist know
1: i'm not saying anything about that
0: oh <laughs> i can't okay, well, i can't
1: say anything about nope. that you have to read the rest of the books
0: okay so challenge digit- accepted <laughs> uh, so the surveyor shoots the biologist
1: yeah um, and like the shoulder and the side Yes. But that's Who
0: be- by the by this point is glowing.
1: Yeah. And the she the ph- biologist
0: is glowing. Felt
1: that sh- she felt the surveyor there and was able to step. That's the only reason she didn't get shot right in the heart. It's yes. cuz she like felt it because the brightness gave her a clue. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes. Ugh.
0: And then she was able to kill the surveyor.
1: Yeah, she had a choice. Of the and she, just, like, yeah, she murdered her. She she straight up <laughs> murdered her. I, I don't entirely blame her because, well, I don't blame anybody in this. It, the situation's nuts, so it's hard to stamp morality on it. It's
2: kind of like a like but, sudden death situation.
1: Yeah, because the surveyor's been at camp all night freaking out because before she left, before the biologist left for the light, lighthouse too- She tried to hypnotize the surveyor like it was super fucked.
0: Yes. And
1: she knew it too. She's like, I regretted it as soon as it came out of my mouth. But it's like super fucked. So there goes any kind of trust the surveyor had in this biologist. Then she leaves her. She doesn't go back when she said she was going to. So the surveyor is stewing in this paranoia all night next to that tower tunnel thing. I mean, I would go out looking for her too. And now the she tells the psychologist is dead, which is a dumb move, but...
0: But she also tells her that the anthropologist came back.
1: Came back. Yeah. Yeah. But I took care so of her. Like,
0: what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Um, so now we're kind of down to just the biologist and her internal thoughts for about 100 pages. Yeah. Um, which is fine. So she starts going through... Uh, The different journals, specifically, um, we get kind of pieces here and there, but it's not until she starts reading her husband's journal that we kind of get more of a a story that aligns with what's been going on. Um, He went with a group of eight, which was all men. Um, there was a psychologist, which leads me to believe that, like, psychologists are fucked.
3: Uh,
1: yeah. It was basically the same four with a linguist added in and then three other, another two medic. Medics. Two medics, yeah. Two medics,
0: yeah. So they didn't find the tower until the fifth day um, and then didn't go into it. They had no interest at first. Um, they did the lighthouse and then decided to split up
1: because they found um, the jur- journals early and together as yes. a group, basically, and freaked out.
0: Um, so her husband and the surveyor decided to go and see how far north it was. Mm-hmm. And, like, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And we're kind of getting panicky that we haven't hit any borders. And, okay, we're going to turn around and come back. And comes back to the lighthouse where the psychologist and I think anthropologist had stayed. I think. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and the one of them is dead. Psychologist dead?
1: Psychologist is dead. And the anthropologist just isn't there. I'm pretty sure is how that went.
0: Okay. Um, so then they go back to base camp. And their story gets a little weird. Um, and then decide to go to the tower where they end up seeing their doppelgangers. Yeah,
1: walking into the tower.
0: Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. I yes. don't know how I would but feel about that.
1: But not the psychologists. Yeah, the psychologists. Yeah,
0: um,
1: Yeah, that's right, because that's the so, body they see. That's the what? That's the body that they see that didn't go anywhere that was killed. Right. Yeah.
0: So then, yeah, I guess they start wondering if they're alive and kind of freaking out. And they don't try to do anything to the doppelgangers. No. Um, and Would so you?
1: He, would you try to do something no, to a no. version of yourself, too? I can't imagine no. what that would be like hey dude you're me Um, what's up
0: (laughs) (laughs) so the surveyor wants to get back to the border like where they came in and her husband was like there's a boat I'm going out to that island I'm getting away I'm not leaving but I'm getting as far away as possible so I guess the assumption is that it's the doppelgangers that came home yeah uh, which is creepy as fuck because she slept with one of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like twice, I think. You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, so then she decides to go back down to the tower once more um, to find the crawler she has named it. Because apparently she has named everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> they try <laughs> I mean, to if call you're, it if a If you're tunnel. writing the
2: book, so to speak, which she is. <laughs> well,
0: well, I was just thinking, like, everybody's like, it's a tunnel. And she's like, nope, we're calling it a tower
1: well and when the psychiatrist uh, psychologist is dying to um she's with like the crawler and she's like oh it's so cute you named it sort of like sarcastically <laughs> as she's dying yes
0: she's like you would um, you would name it that,
1: wouldn't you
0: so she goes down and um this is where shit gets kind of weird because <laughs> it wasn't Sorry. already
1: yeah
2: um
0: you no, know, it gets, gets weirder. You're fair. That's a fair thing to say. It gets fucking weird. Um <laughs> she can't really see the crawler. Like she can see it, but she can't.
1: Yeah, she walks for a right. very long time.
0: Oh, and that's true and true, yeah. too. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it's being implied that the words are fresher and fresher the deeper and deeper she goes. So she yes. surmises that this thing whatever this thing is is writing on the wall. The moss, the creepy, the text is also creepy, just so everybody knows. It's like some dark sermon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had it. I'm surprised that that I don't know it by now. Where lies the strangling fruit, blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah, I have, where lies the strangling fruit.
1: Yeah, that's how it starts and just keeps getting darker from there.
2: Yeah, I didn't write all of it down. Oh, Megan's got it. I tried to actually take real notes. Like, <laughs> like this was like a book report.
1: Oh, I have like this is crazy cool. notes down this time. But they might be a little too intricate and me noticing things on the third. <laughs> <laughs> it's very
0: possible. All right, here it is. <clears throat> Where lies the strangling fruits that came from the hand of the center? I shall bring forth the seeds of the dead to share with the worms that gather in the darkness and surround the world with the power of their lives. (laughs) Well, there's no punctuation in this. There's no punctuation. (laughs) All right. Surround the world with the power of their lives while from the dim lit halls of other places, forms that never were and never could be, writhe for the impatience of the few who never saw what could have been.
1: And it goes on from there like that forever. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, yeah. And this all, just a just a little note in the middle of all this, this very, very fun, 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 fun writing um, uh, <laughs> came from like a dream that he had. And he just wrote it when he woke up. And just like, oh, that's drafted? where this all, yeah, that's where this all spawned out of.
0: Was oh, this that's came not first? At all. <laughs> it's not
1: creepy at all. At all. At all. This at is all.
0: why I keep a voice recorder that I have no fucking clue where I've placed for this reason yeah. <laughs> of like waking up with thoughts. <sighs> On
1: oh, well, the end, I think is is really interesting. At the end of the whole like long spiel is, and there shall be a fire that knows the naming of you, and in the presence of the strangling fruit, its dark flame shall acquire every part of you that remains. And I feel like that's the most contextually relevant to the part we're about to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not oh God, maybe Liz you can explain better okay. what happened.
1: What happens here? So basically, she I'll take I'll take this part cuz the whole part is that it's sort of inconceivable um, but she's walking down the the stairs or up you know, the tunnel, the tower. She's walking down. She's walking down the tower, um, and uh, she she sees this brightness, this really bright light, like blue and green light coming from around a corner. So she turns, and there's this thing that's at once like flesh and light and shifting constantly. So she can't really see it, and she, except for a hand, like what's a sort of looks like a hand, scrawling on the wall, mm-hmm. and she like tries to. She can't move. She just tr- can't process anything. And basically, the crawler attacks her, but it's more of like an overwhelming, like drowning feeling. And eventually, she just panics and gives up and opens her mouth. And the entirety of what that organic being is just kind of consumes her from the inside, sort of in tapping into something. I and mean, you don't really, you can't really process what's happening. That's very much on purpose, because even she can't, she can't yeah. even conceive what the crawler is. She can't describe it. She can barely describe that feeling of someone like invade, something invading her brain and stealing from her. Is essentially what that is. It's being invaded, and then eventually just tosses her aside down the stairs. Um, which she no, then has interest. What? No longer yeah, it's just interest. it's done with her for then. Um and she like tries to recover from that finally, like she hasn't had a breath in like like she said, it could be it could have been years her staring at it or it could have been five minutes. She doesn't know. Um So yeah, that's a really intense passage to read too, yeah. especially rereading it on the subway again was still <laughs> incredibly I, I, I mean, like I said, I've read this multiple times, and that still like completely terrifies me, and gets to me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was, I mean, it was, a, it was hard. <laughs> yeah, and it was a body invasion of some sort. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she goes on to talk about how her relationship with control. Yeah. And how she ne- doesn't necessarily want it, but this is not what she ever meant. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but she does get back out of the tower. Um and she turns around one last time and sees the fisherman from the picture that she had taken from the lighthouse. Uh and I guess it's understood that like this creature has either copied him or has contained him for all these years.
1: Um, yeah. There's like a, sure. the visage when, when the like as much as the crawler is shifting around it of yeah, the lighthouse keeper in there. And she likes she theorizes about why, but you know, she recognizes that she can't truly know is he a passenger right. unwilling passenger, is he like the catalyst for it? A spark right. like what's going on. But he's definitely looking at her too. Which is interesting. Um,
0: so then she heads back to the lighthouse. Um, with oh, of- at the bottom,
1: of- at the bottom of the tower, though she does see, like a, a fuzzy light, like the border. But she knows. Oh, she- that's right. Yeah, she knows she that's can't right. go towards it because it's just making her sick. And right. so she just reverses back up the stairs.
0: Because at first she thinks it's a door. Yeah.
1: But she can't move and it's just making her sit. Right. So. Um, she goes up.
0: Yes. A lot happens. A lot the happens. End. Yeah. And it is worth rereading that scene a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> just to kind of get.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but so then she gets out. And she's. It, it, this is a very internal character. And yet she kind of falls even further Internal as she starts reflecting back on um, a grant that she had uh, and, you know, talking about the, the research she did and the environment and how she got too close and, and, and kind of, I guess, how it all relates to why she is now uh, kind of trapped in Area X. Um, but she decides to kind of put together, finish her book, the narrative, um, puts her husband's narrative and a few others on top, uncovers them so that they're not hidden, um, for the next one, uh, which she says she won't be there for the 13th, uh, expedition, but then it was like can they see me?
1: cuz she isn't mm-hmm. yeah cuz she has no idea at this point i think she's just lost all concept of number one time mm-hmm. yeah so Nord knows how long she's been there and also True. like no sense of how often yeah, they're really going to send people yeah.
0: but yeah so she leaves her book her husband's and everything to be read and a note that's basically like i'm not getting out of here I'm going to go to see if I can find my husband. Yeah. I have no hope that my husband's alive. Her husband might be the dolphin. She has no, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. She's like, he's definitely not like in a state where she could communicate with him. But also she has this thing inside her that is also growing and growing and growing. So.
2: Yes.
0: Um, So who knows what she's turning into.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like an evolution that we're not going to obviously fully grasp at this point.
0: Right. Um, And that is kind of the cutoff, the cliffhanger, without being a cliffhanger. Like, if the book had stopped there, I would not have been disappointed. It would have reminded me very much of a lot of post-apocalyptic books where it's like, we're not going to tell you.
1: Yeah, like if it, things
0: it, turn out good or bad.
1: If you never read the other ones, like this could function as a standalone, as it is. Yeah, um, I just can't let stuff lie there, knowing there's more. <laughs>
0: but right, <laughs> exactly. There is more. Don't treat this as a standalone. But, but it's like, it well, really this is hard. my first Kudos. time reading
2: it. So until you said it was actually part of a series, if I just trying to suspend disbelief now that I know that, and I knew that reading it, but that I'd only read it. I, I think I would have been okay with the ending, but I definitely had a lot of questions still. Yes. That, that's yeah. my two cents. <laughs>
0: so, um, so this book is getting made into a movie and we really don't talk about movie equivalents very often, um, on this podcast, there is a great podcast called we We read the book where they take the book and then and the movie discuss both and like kind of give their opinion of which is better and why um, so not stepping on their toes too much, but because this movie is coming out in six months, just kind of wanted to go over it um, get thoughts um, discussions um, are you excited, et cetera, et cetera so. I can start if you need. <laughs> um, Go ahead. You start first. I have thoughts. Sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so to give a quick rundown, um, I don't have the director's name off the top of my head. Al, uh, it's Alex Garland.
1: Alex Garland, he's okay. writing and directing it. And he did uh, Ex Machina, is also his oh, yes. writing and directing. It, it. Yeah. I think that was his directorial it, yeah. debut.
0: Uh, yes. I love Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, and so that and enough of, is to sell me on this, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially when you yeah, add I really in that, that. Uh, Oscar Isaacs is going to be in it. So, you know, That's getting them back I together. Like um, so they have casted Natalie Portman as the biologist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to take that tone. You you took it right. (laughs) Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, who it took me a minute to recognize who she is. Um, I think she will be everything I've seen her in. She's always slightly off putting Um, like she was in revenge as uh, Emily's mom and was very out there. And anyways, I think she'll be fine. Psychologist. Um, Gina Rodriguez is playing the anthropologist and they gave the anthropologist a name. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: from what I've seen of like the foot, like people's first take on the footage, I think the roles are a little bit different, but.
0: Okay. Well, she's the only one that's got, I don't, a I don't
1: know to what extent or anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, uh, It's interesting choice. And then the surveyor is Tessa Thompson, which when I saw this, uh, having read the book, I laughed at how much I truly appreciate this casting because Tessa Thompson was in Veronica Mars as a, were you a Veronica Mars fan?
1: Oh no, I love Veronica Mars. I love Tessa Thompson. I love Gina Rodriguez. They are not the people I have a problem with in this casting. (laughs)
2: No, no, no. But I I was going to say, in my mind. I have
0: not seen it. I'm sorry. Okay. Tessa Thompson plays, uh, and Veronica Marsh, she plays um, Veronica's boyfriend, her best friend's girlfriend, and she's a snobby, you know, overprivileged, kind of a brat girlfriend who is... Very tough exterior. Anyways, she will be the perfect blend of Snark and Brave for the Surveyor, in my opinion. Like, totally support that casting. Um, yeah, Tina Rodry, I like that yes, casting. I mean, a like, I, I, I kind of hope she gets more than the anthropologist got in the book because she died pretty quick. But, uh, but yeah, and then Oscar Isaac plays the biologist's husband in flashbacks, so. Yeah. Uh, so, Liz, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, okay. I think that Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson are great. Um, I think some of my knowledge might be biased because I also know that the author said in a lot of interviews and things that he really saw that, and you can't blame, uh, people that much because there's not that much description but he really saw these women as all women of color so slapping and some it's not as bad as the initial castings came out with natalie portman and jennifer jason lee which was like a uh, moment um but i also just i i think that natalie portman is such a bad choice for the psychologist i mean for the biologist like I can't even wrap my head around it. I saw, like, the character a little bit more as, um, uh, like, a Zoe Zaldana type in oh, yeah. my head. It's just... I just... I don't know. I, for some reason, Natalie Portman, I can't even
0: necessarily she
1: articulate why. She doesn't seem
0: why. like the kind of actress that can... And, uh, that, it's going to have to be so, so internalized. Yeah. And she's not...
1: I don't I don't know she could pull off. It's just really complicated. And no offense to Nyla Portman, I think she's I think she's a good actress. I just Although, don't well, think this is isn't for her. Black Swan? She wasn't Black Swan. She
2: wasn't Black Swan. I mean, I don't know. I obviously don't have as much. I, is it okay if I interrupt? Yeah, no, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Don't no
1: know. interrupt. <laughs>
2: uh I don't have as much of a knowledge regarding this series as both of you do, but I feel like between Black Swan and seeing Jackie. Yeah. I think when she's given a good script and she's given direction, she can act the hell out of something. Yeah. The problem is she's always been put into damsel in distress type roles, whether that's what she's getting or she chooses. I don't know. I mean, we're not her and we can armchair this all night.
0: (laughs) Be for Vendetta, though. Huh? Be for Vendetta, though.
1: I never saw I'm that sorry, movie. She said you. V for oh. Vendetta.
0: Oh, she was she
2: was good in V for Vendetta. And like, I mean, honestly, I was really, it was strange. I didn't love Jackie overall because I felt the pacing was weird. Right. But I felt like I was watching footage of Jackie. Okay. Like, yeah. She just owned the shit out of that performance, just like she did in Black Swan. Whereas, like, then you compare it to something like when she was in Thor, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, that's horrible.
1: Well, I right. think she's, a, I think she's a good actress. I have no problem with her talent whatsoever. I just don't think that this particular role is for her. But it's done, so they and, could have oh, gone. Yeah, I no. mean,
2: I mean, it probably least... could have been somebody else for sure.
1: Well, you Zoe know. Saldana, to me was like my my like head cannon, I guess for this. And she's mm-hmm. in, like, two multi-billion dollar franchises now. Two? So it's not, like, an oh, excuse her. of, like, she's not famous enough. <laughs> like, she's pretty famous. So Who did you have? Zoe Zaldana. Oh, yeah. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy yeah. and Star Trek. Between those, she's like, forget about it.
2: I kind of hate to say this, but I bet she was more expensive than Natalie Portman. She might
1: have been. I don't know. Who At knows? At this
2: point, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'll at least because, give, like, Natalie you know, Portman isn't like banking like at the box office at this point in her career. Yeah, they right? also
1: could have just like not thought of her at all and just thought Natalie Portman, which is fine. No, um, it's
0: okay. You I, I need like, Natalie
2: Portman, it's fine.
0: I feel like what? they could have gone much worse. I was teasing you. Yeah, no,
1: um, they, they could have yeah. definitely gone worse. They could have definitely like, done this. Natalie Portman
0: is at least very set in her acting career. And is Israeli, so it's like, you know, not another yeah. Jennifer Lawrence or, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of uh, vibe. I also like um, Natalie Portman, is how old? I'm looking this up. Oh, I don't she's know. She's my age, so she's 35, 36. 36. Yeah, and then Jennifer Jason I think Lee, so.
2: I would say, that yeah, she's accurate. 36. I
0: can check. Um, And then Jennifer Jason Lee is 55. So you know, they could have easily brought on four twenty-nine-year-old actresses yeah. to be playing these parts. She's
2: two months. She's two months older than me. Um,
0: so and instead, you know, 36. they they've got two thirty-three-year-olds, a thirty-six-year-old, and someone in her forties. And so it's kind of like a an older cast, not older cast, but they could have very, very easily have had all the hollywood starlets do this you know yeah
1: if they had made the psychologist young that would have been like a huge mistake so thank god i i mean i i'm excited for this movie i really am i just like am reticent because it's a book so close to my heart (laughs) totally
0: understand
1: yeah And also, like, Oscar, on the topic of Oscar Isaac, I was very excited when he was (laughs) casted, definitely, because I love Oscar Isaac, but, and you guys don't, you guys haven't read the second book yet, but there is a character in the second book that would have been perfect for Oscar Isaac, and that's why I get frustrated when he's casted as the the husband, um, because it's a relatively small role, although it'll probably be expanded in the movie, because it's Oscar Isaac, um, right they're going to do and
0: stuff
1: perfect 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 for actually the protagonist of the second book. Oh, so it's no. a little frustrating. <laughs> but what again, what can you do? It's still going to be good. Exactly. It's still going to be a good movie whether it's cause the talent behind it is incredible.
0: So yeah, I mean I mean it's still going to see it opening weekend is. so it doesn't matter. Oh god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I will be with you. Um, I'll invite you to the
1: yeah. event. <laughs> No. All right, I think um, we're good to take us through the end.
0: Where were we all talking All right, about so we the discussed the movie. Um, comes out February twenty third, something like that. I can twenty eighteen, it's either twenty third or twenty eighth. I made an, an event. It. <laughs> <laughs> um. So next, let's discuss what is the book club drink for this book? Ooh, okay. So the drink
1: club. Drink, book club drink, drink club drink.
0: Drink club I haven't
1: drink. Ha- I promise I have not I mean, had any of this I, can tonight. We
2: join a drink club next time, too. That Holy. sounds great.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. I'm at dawn. We'll come up drink with some club stuff.
2: Drink. All right. I'll, I'll be there very shortly to visit you all in person if you want to see me.
1: Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the drink is, I called it the brightness. I played around with a few names oh. and then came up with a drink after that. But it's The Brightness. Alright, so the drink for Annihilation is called The Brightness. Um, it's actually a drink that I made before, but realized that it was just me at a campsite drinking it, and no one knows about this yet, so it's mine. <laughs> hey, you uh, never know. So it's Texas Revenge Prickly Pear Gin, uh, just seltzer, and three dashes of cardamom bitters. That and sounds it's good. Got, yeah, it's really good. It's got a... Uh, complex taste to it. Uh, It's gin, so it's fierce, but it's also got a sweetness to it because it's prickly pear gin. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's called Texas Revenge prickly pear gin. I feel like my drink was so weak
2: compared to this. You really like dove into it. Well
1: I was spending all week trying to like the last two weeks trying to think of. A drink, like, I just like
2: s- i just chose one that's like in a fucking drink
1: book. I was
3: trying so to think, think of like the like-
2: strangling oh, fruit. Am I allowed to say fuck? Sorry. Yeah you're good. I think we covered that last time.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think I it was you that time too. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> <Whereas, laughs> I usually I'm the sailor,
0: so <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I think James tries to change weeks. his drink every week and I'm like, nope, we've already set yours. You're you're done. Yeah.
1: It's just I was trying to think of a strangling fruit drink and couldn't really think of it. So if you want a strangling hit, fruit drink. Yeah, it hit me up. I knew it had to be tequila, but I couldn't figure out anything after that.
0: <laughs> well, I like the brightness. There you go. The brightness. I think
2: prickly I think prickly pear is a good one though. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't glow like it hurt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I, oh, I wrote, it's gin but sweet, a bright complex flavor that will infect you wholly because, well, gin. <laughs>
0: there you go. You're going to have to send me that.
1: <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs>
0: um, How witty. Well, awesome. Okay. Well, before we move on to what the podcast is doing next, what books are you reading next? Well, I think I'm going to pick up the
2: next one for this series. Yay! Okay. I always love when I hear that. And I am f- on book three of the Tanya French series. Okay. About the Irish Murder Squad.
0: Very nice. Oh, I meant to tell you last time. You should try. I think it's Mo Hider? Hang on. I meant to recommend this to you last week. Um, Mo Hater. uh she's a british author that does crime and uh thriller fiction i only own one of her books is it h-a-d-e-r um h-a-y-d-e-r cool thank
2: Um, you
0: i only own one it's birdman and it was a little too creepy for me so it went on. oh so
2: like that makes sense i would like it got it yes
0: (laughs) um so, yeah, if it's, yeah, it's it's up your alley. You'll be good. <laughs> and if it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'll try it. I'll try anything. Um, so, yeah, I am so glad to hear you picking up the second one. That's always a good thing to hear, uh, Guests, Uh Liz, yes. have you figured out what you're reading next? Yes, I did. Yes, I did indeedy.
1: Well, I uh, had lost my copy of that Alexander Weinstein book that I mentioned last week, so I'm continuing to read that because I ordered one from Amazon. (laughs) Um, Like, literally, the day after we recorded, I lost it. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) But uh, the next book I'm reading after that, or during, because it's a book of short stories, is called Dating an Alien Pop Star uh, by Kendra Kendra L. Saunders. Um it's it's the first in a trilogy and I think the third one's out. And I want to say in the spring, but check on that. Um so this one's dating an alien pop star and the second one is called Engaged to an Alien Pop Star. And I'll give you a guess what the third one's called. Um Marrying an Alien Pop Star. There you go. Um but it's about these two aliens who come to Earth and disguise themselves as British pop stars and It says, like, kidnap and abduct this uh, woman, so we'll see how that goes. Um, But I'm really excited. I've heard a lot of really great things about this series. Um, I can only assume sparks fly between kidnapper and kidnappy, or abductor (laughs) and abductee. And it seems to be a lot of, like, stuff about the music industry and stuff. Yeah, it sounds really great. I think they're based off of news, honestly. So, the guys and the aliens in the book. So, I'm really excited to read this.
0: I am reading, my favorite thing is Monsters by Emily Ferris. Oh, I like the cover. Pretty. No, like, seriously, this book is beautiful. I feel so bad.
2: Like, all of my, my books that I have on queue to read are in the other room I'm not recording in. So, I can't show you things that are <laughs> like, not that probably impressive.
0: Like, this is it's just, I've only read no, it's probably, beautiful. 10, 20 pages, and it is just absolutely gorgeous, a combination of graphic arts and um, an actual story. Not to say that comics don't have an actual story, but, you know, (laughs) they're geared towards issues um, and breaking points, and this one doesn't have that feel, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. That is my next one up, because I have got to give my eyes a break from staring at screens. So, no more ebooks for a little while. Um, and unfortunately, you guys are not joining me next week. Wow. Uh, um, but I will be poking you guys again at some point. Um, I need to get a back catalog started. Um, so, if you guys are interested in doing one more episode at some point, um, I haven't even started recording these, so who knows when, um, it'll be a book that I pick. Okay. That neither of you have. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, and, definitely. So,
2: so I after um, next week I'll have a normal life until 2018 because <laughs> it goes into fourth quarter and they don't want to pay for us to do anything.
0: Nice. Okay. So you guys might be end up being my first up. Um
2: <laughs> I'm so super yeah. available <laughs> after uh I come back from New York City.
0: No worries. I've got I've given everybody the book, but it's like without setting dates nobody started reading, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. We need to start doing that, guys. So um, but for next episode, I will be joined by Melina da Silvia, who will say her name much prettier than I ever can. <laughs> um, she's Brazilian, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, Carson Long, and they are the host of the book club soda, I think. Yep. At Kennesaw, uh, State University. So it's part of the KSU lifestyle Uh, program Kennesaw State is my alma mater Um, so it'll be exciting to bring on uh, two current students who have their own podcast to talk books specifically we're going to talk some young adult books Um, the first one up is Once and for All by Sarah Dessen um, and it has taken everything in me as I read this book to not sing the Newsies <laughs> the entire time. Oh, geez, yeah, that would be rough. It's yeah. nearly impossible, so that episode is probably just going to have Newsies music anyways. Um, so uh, where can people find you on the Internet if you want them to? I'll go first, again.
2: Fine. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I was like, who's going first? So I, t- I said my Twitter last week. Which is not that interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of political retweets, uh, but sometimes I talk about TV on there. It's uh, Zoe underscore Greystone with an A, um, and then also if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's cool. It's light up my room. It's a bare naked lady song. Um, <laughs> that is accurate. Yes. That is true. <laughs> and uh, in the fall, I'll be launching next month in September. We'll have our first episode up. Um, But really kicking it off in October is the Keeping Up with the Carringtons podcast, um, which I also talked about last week, uh, which is a Dynasty podcast mainly focusing on the reboot, but also talking about how much we love the original uh, Dynasty. And you can follow that on Twitter at KUWCCast. I picked it because it sounded like a call
0: station. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a co-host for
1: that? Oh, yes. My co-host is Michael DeSalvo, who is my okay. best friend, and we talk about Dynasty anyway, so we might as well put it on the internet.
0: <laughs> might <Nice>. as well. <laughs> uh, and Don, what about you? Where can people find
2: you? So I am really only one place. My social media personal is pretty boring, but uh, I have a podcast with a co-host, Rachel Rosing. We uh, are watching the hit TV show, Quantum Leap, and uh, for those of you that are a lot younger than Rachel and I, that aired from 1989 to 1993, and uh, the synopsis of the show is the main character, Sam, is leaping around trying to fix things, so instead of actually watching it in chronological order of when it was released, we're watching it in chronological order of his leaps. Which makes absolutely no sense, uh, but that's our shtick, and we like it. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at Beckett Future. You can check us out on iTunes, which is Beckett to the Future, a quantum leap podcast. We also have a website, BeckettFuturePod.com, and you can also find us under the keywords Beckett to the Future on Facebook.
0: Cool. Um, as for me, if you want to follow me on any social media, um, I tend to be ranting on Twitter about whatever I'm watching on TV, um, or a book I'm reading, depending on the week. I think last week was what would be my 10,000th tweet. Ooh. Um, but you can follow me. I'm on like me... my 32nd. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at uh, Meg Griffin, that is Meg Griffin with three G's in the middle, uh, and will pretty much put you in touch with my Twitter, Instagram, and maybe even my Facebook if I like you enough. Um, As for this, um, if you cannot get enough of me, actually, my other podcast is on its uh, season break. Um, So you can go back and listen to all of season one, Binge Through. Uh, We talked about... Beauty and the Beast and five modern retellings, including one where we did a t- text-based game where I <laughs> ended up losing the audio and had to add it back in. So hey, it was sometimes you got to do it. It's a lot of fun. We cut it down from two hours to like an hour and fifteen minutes. I'm so proud of that, the editing of that episode. Um, and you can find that at Fable Uless Podcast. Um, next season should be up. I believe it's July, July. Wow, I'm a little off. Uh, next episode, next season starts September 12th, where we will be discuss, discussing um, Arabian Nights or 1001 Nights. So join us then. Um, as for this podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere else you want to find podcasts. The website is judgingbookcovers.com. Uh, we, are on, we are on Facebook and Twitter at JBC Podcast and on Instagram at Judging Book Covers Podcast. And if you are reading along with one of our books and want to send questions to be discussed during the episode, uh, the email is Podcast at gmail.com. Anything else you guys want to add before we
1: There's, there's one little nice little note for this uh, book. And for Authority. So Annihilation and Authority were both reviewed on an erotic hypnosis website. They did not care for it very much. (laughs) The hypnosis wasn't sexy enough.
0: (laughs) Interesting. But I figured that's a good thing to go out on. (laughs) I might have to find that. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're going to leave you be and see you again in two weeks. Bye. 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 Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you guys. No, thank you. You could just
2: do this all night. It would be great. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, but thank you.
3: <laughs> Good afternoon, Max Monsters. Hope you had a fabulous day here at Max Fun High, home of the Fighting Beats by Dre. Just a few announcements before we dismiss for the day. First off, thank you to everyone who came to Mr. Kalen's going away party at the Flop House. We were sad to see him transfer to Max Fun Prep in Los Angeles, but we wish him all the best. Next, the Rose Buddies, who I can only assume are a gardening club, are watching classic reality television at Hinterlands, the senior lounge, every Monday at 8 p.m. I don't know what this has to do with gardening, but they seem like a good bunch, so join them. And finally, remember that the Super Senior Prom is coming up on Saturday, September 23rd at the Footlight in Queens, New York, and it's not too late to buy your tickets. Only $20 each. The proceeds go to charity. The theme is, time ain't nothing but a number. All right. And you are encouraged to wear fancy attire from any time period. For more information, go to mf mfprom that's bit.ly/mfprom and join us for dancing, drinking and raffle prizes. Go beats! This announcement was brought to you by the Max Fun Prom Committee, an arm of the unofficial NYC Max Fun Fan Group. This prom is a real thing. Please come.